Hello again, Garth Spencer here and welcome to the Strength and Shred podcast. Today's topic will be how to burn fat faster and it's a follow-on from a previous podcast called Fat Loss The Basics, which is one of the first ones I, I did. So if you haven't heard or listened to that one, then I'd advise you go over, check it out. It's only 17 minutes long and you'll be done in a jiffy. At the end of this podcast, as usual, I'll give my conclusions at the end so you don't get lost in amongst all, as we will be covering quite a bit more today. A little bit more complex information and giving you more things to think about if you are on the journey of seeking to shift some unwanted poundage of this lovely body fat. Losing body fat, I understand, isn't everyone's cup of tea and may not be a concern for them at the moment, but we can't hide the fact that the world is getting larger as the years go by and we find that the more body fat someone carries around with them, which ultimately can put them in the category of being either overweight or obese or even more so, the more collateral damage this kind of has on the human body as a result of it. So I'm not fat shaming here. I'm just merely trying to help people when they are ready to take action for themselves. Burning fat, losing fat, whatever you want to call it, there is a general consensus out there, a general agreement across the board that we do need to reduce the calorie intake in someone's diet and or increase someone's energy expenditure. That is to say, use up more calories through movement to lose body fat. That we know is an important player in shifting some fat. However, later I'll be briefly be discussing Quite a robust study that I stumbled across and it's quite recent that suggests that the calorie deficit isn't the only player in the weight loss equation. There is more to it. And so during this COVID-19, I thought, right, I've got a little bit more time to get my head in the sports science journals and do a little bit more digging and weigh up a few hot topics that keep on being, not about you, but keep being rammed down my throat, especially on social media, about the calorie deficit if you've listened to my first podcast, you'll know I've got a background in sports science to a master's level. And what I'm trying to get at is that as a student back in the day, we were taught how to collect information together and make sense of it all. At the same time, not having a biased point of view, which is very important. You can get lost in your own kind of world of research. And some people can just research what they want to kind of read for 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 their own agenda. And to get good marks in sports science degrees, you need to have a balanced point of view on things and have the ability to critique the work that you stumble across. So a good sports scientist won't read things like Men's Health Magazine or Women's Health Magazine or listen to other personal trainers spouting off their own shit and take information for gospel. Sports scientists always take information with a pinch of salt. I'm no different and I'm exactly the same with this. There will always be that confident and aggressive personal trainer or strength coach or health coach out there spouting out their own point of view and will keep paraphrasing the same message on social media. And when it comes and when it snowballs and gathers momentum, everyone just believes it like a herd of sheep and just follow what the current status quo is. For me, that doesn't sit too well with me the way that I've been taught and the way I've been trained with information. Today we will cover, yes, how to burn fat faster and I'll talk about that and show you it isn't purely down to the calorie deficit principle. 
is very important. We need it, but it's not the only thing. There is actually more to it, and there is ways of burning fat faster, and there's ways of slowing it down as well, which I don't know about you. I don't want fat burners to be slow. I want it to be as quick as possible. So one way of burning fat faster is to exercise in a fasted state soon after you wake up. Now, this has been slammed by loads of other coaches out there, but the research, it, it's huge, it's massive, and it's shown time and time again that we can actually burn more fat soon after we wake up and before we eat breakfast. But there is a big but here. There is a few things you need to consider before you allow your body to access fat as an energy provider before you go out on that morning walk. So it's kind of two things to really consider here. And when I say kind of fastest state, I mean, you've not eaten anything. So things to consider, two things. One, your exercise intensity makes a big difference in terms of what you burn for energy. So if you wake up in the morning and go walking for an hour, and it doesn't have to be an hour, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes is good enough. And you go walking, say, for example, with your loved one or the dog before breakfast, uh, before that first meal of the day, the chances are you're going at a steady rate in regards to exercise intensity. You're not going hell for leather. Now, due to the fact that you're you're going slow, you're not in a state of what we call, you're not in oxygen debt, basically meaning you can, you can still hold a conversation. You've got ample oxygen to keep going with that walk. This also means there is, like I say, ample oxygen readily available to help break up or break fat down for energy. This is important because fat needs a lot of oxygen to burn as a fuel. If you're huffing and puffing and the heart rate monitor, if you're wearing one, is saying you're at 75% of your maximum heart rate, then you're probably burning glycogen, which is stored carbs, my friends, and it's not fat. So just slow things down again if you want to burn fat on a steady walk in the morning. So that's point one. Point two is make sure you have no stimulants before that fasted walk, for example's sake. When I say stimulants, I mean caffeine or anything else that you kind of shouldn't be taking uh, that will give you a surge of adrenaline on a grand scale. Now, adrenaline is what makes you a little bit giddy after nailing that, that coffee in the morning. If you are a, a habitual user, so if you take caffeine a lot most days of the week, uh, you probably heard that you can get like fat burning effects from having caffeine. Those will be stunted. It won't work because you've, your body's got used to taking so much caffeine. It only works now and again if you have like two weeks, two week breaks. Now, maybe another podcast on caffeine on another day. But don't be thinking, yeah, I'm going to nail some coffee before this morning work, uh, walk because it's going to help me burn more fat. It, it's not the case uh, at most times. Now, when adrenaline is pumping through your veins, it does help to release stored carbs, that glycogen, which is essentially sugar. And this kind of is released slowly from your liver and into your bloodstream. Now, if your goal is to burn fat on this morning walk, I'd keep adrenaline at bay for now. I'd, I'd shut the door on it. And that only allow your body to burn fatty acids and not glycogen, which we know is stored carbs. Don't get me wrong, when we do exercise, naturally there is a little secretion of adrenaline, but not to the extent of nailing that double espresso that you might have in the morning. Now, if we re revisit point one again of going at a steady state of exercise intensity on that walk, and again, using walking as an example again, we'll probably only burn about, again, give or take 300 calories 
on that hour's walk. So 300 calories on an hour's walk. Doesn't sound a lot, but please do not turn your nose up at 300 calories in regards to that walk. It's about just short of 10% energy burned away at an actual pound of fat. I say an actual pound of fat because people get carried away with the scales on a daily basis saying they've lost six pounds in a week. I've seen it with some of my clients and I just have to slowly, calmly just kind of put them in the place and say, listen, you've not lost six pounds of fat in a week. Now call me sad. I've got an actual replica of a pound of fat in my consultation room. It's a good visual aid. The father-in-law bought me it. Uh, we're a bit strange like that and it's kind of what we do, but what was bought as a joke is turned out to be a fantastic kind of learning and visual aid uh, for clients that, that come into the gym. Now, if you've lost six pounds of actual body fat in a week, trust me, your partner or your work colleagues, probably both, would certainly be freaked out at your appearance if they've not seen you for seven days. Because one pound of fat is massive in regards to area covered. And just to kind of help you visualize how big it is, like you basically need to hold out both of your hands to hold one pound of fat. It's huge. It's big. It's so big enough that it takes up three and a half thousand calories worth in energy. It's, it's monumental. So when your work colleague or your mates told you that they've lost six pounds, yeah, in overall weight, but it ain't all body fat. Most of it will be lost in water. They've They've probably burnt a load of stored glycogen because for every gram of glycogen you burn off, you burn off three grams of water at the same time. And six pounds of actual fat, that's that's about a 20,000 calorie energy deficit they need to find in a week. That is huge. Just to break it down further, 20,000 calories, that's about 62 hours of walking in a week. That's nearly nine hours of walking in a day continuously, you know, for seven days. They've not done that. Now I've used walking as an example because almost everyone can do that. You could also choose running or cycling, but you've got to keep it at that low intensity. For most people, if you keep your heart rate below 140 beats per minute, you'll probably be bang on the money of burning fat for fuel. If you start creeping above 40, your body starts kind of tapping into your glycogen stores and fat burning just kind of slows down a bit. You're still burning energy, you're still burning calories, but if you want to burn fat specifically, this is what you need to do. So moving away from exercise itself, it's been shown and reported that we, we burn about 500 to 600 calories during a good eight-hour sleep cycle, if you get eight, eight hours. As we know, our brain and other vital organs still need to function when we're not conscious, when we are sleeping and dreaming. But what does our bodies use for energy during sleep? Do we use fats? Do we use carbohydrates? Do we use proteins? What is it? Again, that depends on your behaviors. To date, we've found that you can burn up to 60 to 70% more fat during sleep when you've done some exercise on that given day when you compare it to sedentary people who do NAFOL. That's huge. That's 60 to 70% more fat burning potential if you've done some exercise. Now, interestingly, the carbohydrate burnage in this particular study remained the same and they kind of put that down to, it's probably down to the fact that our brains are absolute carbohydrate junkies. It, it, it really loves glucose uh, for energy to function. Now, that 60 to 
more burnage of fat may have something to do, as they said as well, with the, the epoch effect or the afterburn effect as we all know it, almost like that recovery process after exercise. Something that I've spoke about in previous podcasts, if you if you go back to it. And the exercise stimulus in this given study, the exercise in question was varied in regards to exercise intensity. We've already discussed like morning walks and being slow, but this particular study found that the exercise intensity was, it was up and down, almost like an interval session. The heart rate was up and the heart rate was down. So definitely something to think about if you want to burn fat faster is to do some exercise and the body will chip away at body fat stores while you sleep. Now I don't know about you, and that sounds fucking that sounds pretty good to me, burning fat while you sleep. And the final point we'll quickly discuss and consider in regards to fat burning and doing it faster is the timing of when you eat your food in the day may also have an effect on your fat burning potential. And more so when you sleep as well. So the timing of when you eat your calories. Last week, I delved real deep into one particular study. And it was in the journal, International Journal of Obesity. I'm more than happy to send it to anyone that requests it. And you can read it at your own own pleasure. But like I say, it's, it's not easy reading. It's not like reading magazines or anything like that. It's kind of complicated stuff. Hence why some people, when they read stuff like this, they interpret the information incorrectly. In this particular study, there was about 420, well, there was 420 people, patients, and they had to fit a certain criteria. They had to be overweight or obese. And they underwent a 20-week weight loss diet program. So these 420 people were ultimately, they didn't know at the time, it was kind of a blinded study, 420 people were split into two different groups. And one group was called the early eaters, and one group was called the late eaters, so two separate groups. Like I say, all these people were overweight or obese, and their calorie intake was calculated to what they should be eating rather than what their current dietary habits were. So for example, it was a Spanish study, Southeast Spain and Murcia. Uh, So old Pedro was told, listen pal, you're obese because you've been eating 4,000 calories every day for a long time. This is what you should be eating, Pedro. It should be about 2,500. This is what we're going to advise you do, and you're going to follow it for 20 weeks. Uh, So ultimately, the calorie intake was less than what they were used to. And Now, not surprisingly, both these groups, because both calories, um, both groups, their calories were shunted down. Not surprisingly, both these groups shifted quite a bit of timber and lost a bit of weight. And after eating within their calorie allowance and within their, their means of what they should be eating. However, between the two groups, and this is quite staggering, I had to really read this a good few times and just critique and really look at the method section and see if there's any kind of discrepancies and any major flaws in the study. It was hard to find any. One group out of these two groups, despite eating their calories kind of within equilibrium, one group lost 20% more fat than the other group. One group lost 20% more fat than the other group. Despite the two groups maintaining their individual calorie allowances each day, the only difference was the timings of when they actually had these calories. So contrary to popular belief, this study kind of concluded that this difference in weight loss success was not primarily down to the differences in calorie intake. It was a massive player. We all know that. We, we know this. It's been studied. But it wasn't the only thing. I mean, other thing they kept so many things. They kept so many things constant. Like the macronutrient distribution was all the same. The energy expenditure they all kept that all the same. They were 
the study where they were very highly policed. Even the appetite hormones that they took, they were all the same pretty much throughout the day in regards to ghrelin and leptin. So yeah, there was a lot of constant variables in this study and they were monitored throughout. One of the most surprisingly, one of the most surprising findings in this study though was that there were no significant differences in the total energy intake or energy expenditure, like we just said, between late and early eaters, despite the differences in weight loss. So you're probably wondering, like I was, how, how on earth can this be? How can the early eaters, because that's who lost the 20% more, how can the early eaters lose more fat than the late eaters, despite having an equilibrium of calories amongst other variables? Now, annoyingly, because they did not expect to find these results, uh, they don't really know is the answer. However, they did suggest it's because their bodies are burning more fat when they are sleeping because they had more time to digest the food before bed. And that the body's circadian rhythm, which we can talk about later in other podcasts, the body's circadian rhythm may play a massive role, bigger role than we first thought. So again, something to think about. Try and avoid eating massive amounts of food right before bed, even though you've hit your calorie allowance. It may affect your fat burning potential while you sleep. It's not to say you won't burn fat. So you won't, it's not to say that you won't lose weight because both, both groups did lose weight, but one group lost 20% more. I'd rather be in that group if I'm going to go through a weight loss regime and be in that group that's losing 20% more than the other group. So to conclude, let's all tie things up together. So essentially, I've given you four different things to work on here if you choose to do so. Point number one out of four. Try a fasted 60-minute walk or a slow run or a slow bike ride for 30 minutes soon after you wake up. Now, I'm not saying do this every morning. You might want to do it once a week or twice a week if you want to burn more fat. Point number two. Eliminate any stimulants before hitting this gentle session previously mentioned in point one. Basically keeping adrenaline at bay. Burn fat, not glycogen. Point number three, doing a mixed intensity session or interval session as we know it, whether it's cardiovascular or weight training through the day has shown to help to burn more fat during your next sleep up to 60 to 70% in some cases. Number four, don't eat too late and allow at least three hours of digestion before bed as well as eating within your means. Okay, so there's four points. Now, if you combine all those four points all in one day, for example, and do it with consistency and do it properly, I'm very positive you'll have some success shifting some actual pounds of fat. So there we have it. If you found this helpful, please send it to a family member or a friend. Or if you've got any questions, ping me over a message, whether it's on my Instagram page at Garth Strength and Shred or at my email which you can email me at my website, which is strengthandshred.co.uk. I'll happy to reply to your messages like I have done with other people. Chat soon.